Welcome to the WSL Takeout. We have a lively show for you, so stay close, stay warm and grab your cocoa. I've got my cocoa on the menu in no particular order, right? Games called off, snowball fights, transfers, points, managers on the verge and the FA player. Oh, and comments and questions from Twitter. Uh, apart from that, we'll get into it. Back in the CAF is Emma from MCW Fancast and Ali from Girls in Clarendon Blue. Emma, how are you? Uh, yeah, really good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I've got two cups on the go. I've got a cup of tea, ginger, and a cup of coffee. So it's a mixed bag. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure which one is taking, you know, the upper hand, but I'll, I'll work it out. Ali, how are you going? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Waiting to see my team play. That's two out of two we've not done so far. Oh my gosh, that may be on the agenda. Will <laughs> <laughs> that be an unfair advantage for City heading into the weekend? We'll find out. Oh, <laughs> bless. Ooh, slide tackles are coming in early in the calf. Keep it clean, keep it clean. Um, tonight, um, today's uh, podcast, we're calling it We're Here for Cuddles. It's been really cold outside, so cold. I need thermals. I need I need gloves. I need special socks. You know, you know the one thing that I kind of remembered when I um I didn't go to a game this weekend. I normally try and go to a game, and I didn't go because I just didn't want. To, I just didn't want to be cold, and I just thought that was a really wimpy excuse. Not to go to football. <laughs> I just think I just didn't want to be cold. I'm going to be honest with you. I actually went and uh, this is a little bit off topic. I went to watch a championship team, two championship teams, obviously, and I had the opportunity to do post-match comments uh, down at London City Lionesses, and I'm there with the manager and and one of the players, and I was so cold that when I was speaking, I didn't actually say anything that made sense at all. It's just like a string of words. No verbs, no adverbs, no, it just nonce. And the player looked at me, she said, was that a question? It was like an outer body. It was like an outer body experience. I kind of slapped myself, went, oh, sorry, um, uh, and asked her a question about the game. So um, I won't say the name of the team or the player, I was embarrassed just to say that, so I was so cold. Um, God, where should we start? Where should we start? Um, I want to. I want to actually start with the results, but I don't want Emma to get too giddy. So, well, I don't, I don't want to get too giddy. So let's start with something a little bit away from that. Uh, transfer window, right? Players and managers. This is the thing that kind of jumped out at me in the last forty-eight hours, apart from the players moving between teams. Aston Villa tweeted the appointment of Marcus Bignot, right, as their interim manager with immediate effect. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Everyone was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it made no sense. I, I'm still like, what? I, where'd you go with that? Strange. It was I was like, it was bonkers. Actually tweeted, was this a who done it before you done it? <laughs> like, you know, someone's going to get bumped off, but you're just telling everyone who the replacement. Just, yeah. What does it mean for him? I know they said that, you know, he's really prominent former manager of Birmingham City Women. You know, now he's got this role. What does it mean for Gemma Davis? You know, who's had a good spell at Aston Villa Women. 
You know, she's had to incorporate new players into the team. She's had to get to grips with the, um, the Women's Super League. You know, players coming in, pace, the technique of the, the league, the, the, the players' awareness. I mean, there's so many questions. The biggest question is, why now? I mean, Emma, why, why would you actually make that announcement now? Would you? It was a strange one, wasn't it? Because I think you've seen the news on Twitter and I think everyone was going, what? Have I missed some of it? Was, you know, it's been an announcement that, you know, they've departed ways or, you know, it was such a bizarre thing. But I think of the coming from the gist of what I make of it is he's coming on to support Gemma. I mean, she's a very young manager. So I think in terms of experience, he wants to obviously, you know, sort of help her out a little bit. I think results obviously haven't, been going uh, Villa's way. Uh, there are obviously the intentions there of, of wanting to stay in the, the top top level um, for, for Villa and, and stay up. So I think probably helping, um, you know, getting him on board now will certainly help in, in, in hopes of getting some good results in and, and, you know, an opportunity for Gemma to learn off of him as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really strange one. I think it's only for the for the to the end of the season. So you know, a, a few months, you know, well, a few months left, obviously in the league now. So yeah, it's it's a strange a strange one really. But I I, I just hope that Gemma does get um, you know watch once she. Well, hopefully nobody really knows what she wants out of it. Out of it, do you know what I mean? How can you really comment on it? Because it's just such a strange, out of the blue appointment. Um, obviously, very experienced manager. So you know, if he can obviously help in some way, which I'm sure he will, to offload some of that experience onto Gemma, then I, I guess it's a good move for them. Yeah, I, you know, I want to get Ali's comments on that with the whole Marcus Bignett. He, obviously, he's a Birmingham man. Yeah. Um, but Ali, what did you take with the news? What did it's you take just, on this? It's just so confusing because it was like, well, what does this does this mean for Gemma? And then did you guys see Eni's follow up mm. where she was like, the buck now stops with Marcus. Marcus, he's going to do the tactical um, selection, the in-game touchline decisions, the training with assistants, and mentoring the technical team. So what well, is Gemma doing? Yeah, so what is Gemma <laughs> doing? Like, this has got to be such a demotion for her. Like, I don't know how you can see it as support because it just feels like they've brought someone else in to do her job and she's just going to be there maybe in training or sitting on the uh, subs bench watching and learning like a work experience. Yeah. <laughs> I, like... I, did, I did find it really, uh, uh, the, the way it was announced, um, it, it was just really strange. And then Annie's tweet, you know, and I, if I was Gemma Davis, I'd be like a bit fuming. <laughs> do you I, know I, what I mean? I told you I've got two drinks. I might need to get a third. <laughs> I, I would be. I, I feel a bit disgruntled, to be honest, in the in the way it's all been worded and put out. I mean, I think you know it might have been better to have you know Gemma and, and both you know with them both together. Do you know what I mean? So that you know the questions could have been asked and, and the answers could have you know the questions to the uh, the answers to the questions could have been given because I think there is such a so many unanswered questions at the moment and you know hopefully we'll find out a little bit more come the weekend yeah I mean I've got to be honest I she was one of the managers one of the very first managers that I interviewed for the little an, an interview with and she was so funny I just found her to be so honest and open and 
and and keen to be a success uh, with Aston Villa. Uh, it is strange to say the least. I would say that you know the women's Super League operate in a very different way, but we've seen Frank Lampard get his marching orders. Uh, and the way they do things. So Twitter seems to be the way that people find out what's going on. I hope Gemma did not find out via Twitter. That's what I'm hoping. I really hope that her team, her backroom staff didn't find out via Twitter. You, you know, and they, they, they had a conversation. But what was really interesting from um, the statement was the final line. And it said, the current Aston Villa women's coaching team led by Gemma Davis remain in their existing positions. And I'm thinking, well, okay, so what's, I don't get that. It, it, it really was a whodunit before it's been done. I, I don't understand. Maybe, you know, you're right, Emma, and it is about her getting some um, support as a manager, uh, more coaching tips, but, you know, why not bring them in as a consultant? You know, I want to have a, 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 you know, a separate Zoom seminar, webinar, whatever. I have no idea. I'm sure she's just like all of the, the, the managers within the Women's Super League. They have their own network of support. They have their own training schedules. They have their own um, levels that they need to maintain in terms of their coaching badges and everything. You know, there's a refreshers course, just like there is for safeguarding. Sure, there is for management. You have to do the same same thing I'm sure there is for coaching. It just seems really, it re it seems really bizarre. And following the result that they had as well, it's not as if they got beat. No, and it was a really good result for Villa at the weekend. And, you know, it's, it's just an all singing, all dancing kind of um, announcement. And I think it undermines Gemma a little bit in that respect. And, you know, I just think it's a little bit disappointing. So, you know, again, we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes, but, you know, let's just hope that if he's bought in to help uh, in terms of getting results and things like that, it does actually start to happen. And and maybe, um, you know, if Villa do stay up, then, you know, come next season, she'll be uh, in a better position and, and in terms of team management. Yeah. The team. Yeah, I want to. I want to go on to another kind of management thing. We're, we're kind of management heavy at the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna get Ali's take on this. Uh, Bristol City. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, they've got a new manager. They do. Do you know who he is? Might possibly be one of our followers on Twitter, but. Um... <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, that was a bit of a turn up for the books. Matt Beard going over to uh, Bristol to cover uh, Tanya's maternity leave. Uh, I think it's going to do Bristol some good because he is a solid manager. Uh, somebody called him the Sam Allardyce of the women's game, which I think is a little unfair. Just a, a little a, unfair. I thought it was a bit of a leap. <laughs> That's a bit unfair. Um, but yeah, good on him. Um, I don't, there's calls for him to take it on permanently. Um, if he does well, but I don't think he will. His family's based down in Brighton, so I don't think he's going to make them do it's the move a, across. It's a, it's a short train drive. drive. <laughs> it's not far. It's not far. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he does them some good because we've all got a soft spot for Bristol um, and hopefully that it'll turn them around and they can stop losing 4-0. Yeah, strange that. I don't know what to say. They yeah. keep losing by four goals. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Emma, what do you think about um, Matt going down to Bristol? Yeah, I, I think it's a it was a bit of a surprise move, but I think a welcome one at that. You know, everyone knows what a good manager Matt is, and you know, Bristol are in a, in a position at the minute when they need, you know maybe someone's come up to, to freshen the team up a little bit and hopefully get some good results for them because I would like to see them stay up. So, you know, let's hope that we can see that from Bristol and start sort of turning things around a bit. Yeah, I I, I like it. You know, I like it. The questions that, that follow on from that appointment, short term as it is, is what happens if Bristol win four games on the bounce? What do people say then? What do people then say about Tanya's position at the club? If it, if there is a turnaround, I think they were kind of asking that already about Tanya. Mm. You know, uh, the questions were starting to be asked. You know, the re- the results weren't coming in and the performances weren't quite there for Bristol. So if Matt can do it, then the questions will be asked about the man the manager. Well, then she. I mean, she's. It's a temporary post. That's the thing. It's temporary. That's the, it, I mean, it seems temporary. I don't see. I don't see it being permanent. Pretty much what what Ali's mentioned in terms of location. But. If Bristol do stay up, and Tanya comes back into the, to the role next season and starts to really undo the work that Matt's done with the team, you know, you, you know, it, it it's a possibility, you know, and and yeah. For me, I, I just think it's a really good appointment. And and to be honest, you know, nothing against Tanya. I think she's, you know, a great manager. But for, for whatever reason, again, it's about getting the most from the team. And that just hasn't been happening for Bristol. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say this. When you look at the table and you look at where both um, Bristol are and Aston Villa, you, you kind of all, you could kind of understand why Aston Villa made the announcement they did. Because they're looking at Bristol and thinking, who did they get as a manager? What and and they know that the, the the difference between bottom and second bottom five points two games two games you know if Bristol put in a a, a a result like they did last time when people thought they could never get any points and they get two back to back wins they then move away who's close to them start to think Aston Villa start to be concerned West Ham start to be concerned. Brighton start to be concerned. You know, it then makes that whole bottom four or five look very, very different. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I, I kind of look at the Aston Villa thing and think, oh, where did that come from? I can get it. But I just I just hope that the way things are worded from that end, it's, it's, it's support for Gemma. But at the same time, I look at Bristol and think, if you do get three or four results going, what does that say for the manager who's who's on, on, on maternity leave? So, oh, the WSL. What happens, like you said, the bottom of the table at the moment, if Bristol can get some results, then, you know, it, it opens it up really, um, you know, battle, battle at the bottom, isn't it? So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, b- before we go into talk about transfers, let's talk about games called off. And we've also got a question from Craig. Does anyone know Craig? Craig <laughs> <laughs> like, like, asked that question. I really didn't understand it. I actually <laughs> didn't know what he was talking about. Well, I think the I question. Mean, I didn't want to ask. To, I didn't want a lot of people. The question. The question. The question <laughs> is 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 multi-layered. I understood it. Maybe it's my autistic 
nature I was able to pull it apart (laughs) in the the Sherlock Holmes style I I understood the layers can Ali go first Ali goes first right (laughs) we'll be here a while in terms of 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 fixtures and games being called off right West Ham didn't have a game nope right um from your point of view the reason and the feelings you know the reason was it justified from your point of view and the feelings as a fan and from fans what what are you feeling about these the these games being called off and no digger emma but i feel like this reason was more justified than the last call off um but um because yeah it's been absolutely hammering it down with snow um could they have made a last minute switch to the emirates because it wasn't being used maybe but i feel like that's more manpower than um, is needed. Of course, it's disappointing as a fan to not have your team play. Um, we've wanted to play now. We haven't had a match apart from our Conti Cup game since the middle of December. Um, and that's because our last game got called off because of COVID. And then we've had two this January called off. Mm-hmm. So um, I know that, you know, oh, sorry, I forgot about the Spurs game. We lost. I don't count that. But yeah, but it's been a, <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a proper um, game. So it is hard as a fan to not have your team play for something that you know is um it's um it's not prevent it's preventable it wasn't preventable um because the snow came from nowhere and at least as julie said it was just a trip wasted around the m25 and we weren't chelsea who managed to get all the way to or halfway to bristol for it to be called off to then go back again yeah yeah Yeah, but that that would have been difficult for them but i'm sure they have a nice coach so it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, Emma, for, for you, uh, game's called off, but your game wasn't called off, was it? No, it wasn't. Uh, but, you know, we've had a couple, you know, we've, yeah. you know, Birmingham. So, yeah, it's, it is difficult. I think it's, it's one of them things, like Ali said, it's, it's out of your hands, you know, it's, it's, you know, snow gods. I mean, to be fair, I mean, it was nice for London to get it rather than Manchester because we've had a right pace, haven't we, Ali? So yeah, <laughs> um, it's a fresh change. But yeah, I mean, looking at the pictures, you know, there are a lot posted on Instagram and, and Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. So yeah. yeah, it's unplayable. I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it could have gone to Dubai though, played it down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. Um, uh, no, you're right. It was a bit strange looking at the window. For, I was thinking, oh, it's not going to snow. It's going to be all right. And then all of a sudden, my partner said, it's snowing. I went, what? It's not going to settle. And then all of it started to settle. I told you I didn't want to go to football because it was cold. <laughs> I felt in my bones. <laughs> um, I watched, obviously, the, the Manchester United game. And I looked at the pitch and I thought, it's okay there. What's going on? But you're right. It was the South the South that got hit and games being called off. The question that I have is that when, you know, the Saturday and the Friday night, you've got your, your, your Premier League and, and, or the FA Cup, you've got the men's football taking place. Would this have been an ideal time for those to say, you know what, if this was in the main stadium, like the Emirates, you know, or with Bristol, we're playing at the, the Bristol City's ground, the game probably would have gone ahead because you would have had the ground staff 
to have maintained the pitch to a de degree where the, the, the pitches would have been ready, available, and and accessible. And and with and, and in terms of safety, it would have been fine. Do we have to wait until it's a big match where there's a derby between the Manchester clubs and the London clubs before we go, oh, the TV cameras are going to be here. Let's put it in the big stadium. Why could it not be used when we get to the period of the year when we know that there are serious weather concerns, whether it's going to be heavy rain, icy pitches? We all know that men's football have a better standard of pitch maintenance. We know this. It's just a given. Just a given. Why do we have to wait until something goes wrong? This talk about there's not enough money in the game, and this is the thing for me, sort of the snow, there's not enough money in the game. I bet you any money if that was a West Ham first team game playing at Bristol in a cup, the game would have taken place. Snow or no snow. Guaranteed, if it was Spurs at home playing someone and they were at, you know, White Hart Lane, the game would have taken place. Snow or no snow would have taken place. This is the disparity between women's, the women's football game and the men's football game. And they get, you get games called off. And this is why, for me, I look at it and think, there's no equity in the actual application of effort when it comes to ensuring that the game that they say is elite sport is put on. You can't sell a product when you you half bake the, the 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 recipe, and you kind of short it and goes, you know, we need fifty pounds, or we need this amount of the ingredients or whatever else, and you go, we're only going to give them twenty five. We're not going to try, and if it doesn't make it, so what? We've still got our money from TV rights and sponsors. Uh, for me, it's a little bit, and then it just doesn't sit well. It doesn't sit well because then you've got games that go ahead, like in Manchester like elsewhere, and you just think, well, if they can do it, why can't anyone else? And it's not to say that there wasn't football being played. There was football being played. It was just that those games were called off. Mm. You know, that's that's where, I, that's where I am. Sorry, I always have a little bit of a moan in the cafe. <laughs> I, need, I need my coffee. I mean, it's, it, it's hard, isn't it? I mean, the snow you know, was pretty bad in London, to be fair. But we have seen, you know, like, groundspeople sleep, literally sleeping out overnight yeah. in the FA Cup uh, to ensure that the pitches are, are playable for the game. So it's those lengths you go to. But again, you know, it, it, I would quite happily sleep out at the academy, you know, to ensure the game <laughs> Me, I'll be there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. um, you know, we've been fortunate to be obviously... Uh, you know to have really good facilities at City and you know even in the coldest of weathers you know we've we've got the heated pitches and 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 everything else so you know we are lucky and it is it is about money it does come down to money you know and a lot of you know clubs do play it you know there's there's the non-league clubs you know which do really suffer and you know everything else so it it is different standards isn't it it's different money it's different investments and you know uh, obviously ground sharing as well does come into that so mm. I don't know I think we've still got a long way to go really in terms of the women's game and it just goes back to that growth and investment and yeah. you know hopefully we'll get there one day but we're still a long way from it we're That's a long it. way <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <to be honest. laughs> 
Chelsea, unfortunately. It's a very long way. Right. Before we go on to the next big section, let's get to questions. The question, <laughs> that, the question that everyone was like, I don't understand. Uh, let me find it. Um, Craig, Craig's question. I'm hoping I've understood it now. After being like, yeah, I've got stuff to say. Crossing the city divide, that's one, it's a sentence. And he's gone, why do you think it's more acceptable in the women's game? Question mark, Manchester. So that's the whole Abby McManus (laughs) from Manchester City to Man United. Yeah. And then obviously there's London, Birmingham. So there are players moving across. There are players that have played for Birmingham City that that are now Aston Villa, um, Shania Hales is an example. She was at Birmingham when she was younger. Um, so rival clubs. They're rivals. Yeah. They're rivals. They're rivals. Is it more? Why is it more acceptable? Yeah, and I get it. And I think to myself, yeah, because I saw your tweet. He goes, "Once a blue, always." Oh wait. <laughs> 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 oh, cheeky. Oh, yeah. Well, you got in there quickly. Bants, Bants. I want to, uh, before you get in, Emma, uh, Ali, what do you, I mean, has there been any players that have gone from West Ham to Spurs? Yeah, and that's why I've got a lot to say, so buckle up and bear with. There's a two-part answer. Firstly, no, I don't think it is more acceptable in the women's game for a core group of fans. You only have to look at what happened when Greenwood went to City via Leon and all of the snake emojis that happened on her Twitter and Instagram. You look at Abby McManus going from City to United, there was a group, I'm not going to say all, but there was a group of Man City fans that were like, well, thanks for the last 10 years, but off you go, bye, don't care. Can we put Tooney into that as well? Because she was at City for a while. Exactly, got Tooney and all of that going over to United. It doesn't matter that they supported them as a kid. It There is still that element of hate. Even on a lower level, when we lost Becky Spencer and Rhea Percival to Spurs, it was still a bit like, really? Couldn't have picked another club? Had to go to Spurs, did you? And like, you know, any of them. It's like when Anna Morehouse left us, I remember saying to her, I will support wherever you go, as long as it's not Chelsea, Spurs or Millwall, (laughs) then you're on your own. And she went to France, so it's fine. And it's the same with the Midlands. When... Birmingham weren't doing very well last season and they had that mass exodus of players mm-hmm. and a load went down a league to Aston Villa. There was a whole group of Birmingham fans that were calling them snakes, calling them traitors. So, no, I don't think it's more acceptable in the women's group game to move across on a fan level because as a fan, for the most part, you love your club more than you love your players. There are some people that follow a player from club to club, but for the most part, the club is bigger than the player. So you want your players to love your club as much as you love your club. For example, take Maz Pacheco that's joined West Ham. I think she's a Liverpool fan, if I remember rightly, but on social media, she's got behind our men's team. She's constantly tweeting when we've done well. She's constantly going to uh, events that the um, charity that we have as West Ham, and she's emerged herself into West Ham and that's what we love so if she disappeared off to Tottenham next season we wouldn't be happy even though we know she's not a West Ham fan we wouldn't be happy because she's made herself such a part of West Ham so I don't think it is more acceptable the thing that may be considered more acceptable is that on a bigger level you understand there's only so many places that these players can go so you kind of accept on a career basis 
there is only one Leon. There is only one Wolfsburg. There is only one Manchester City, one Manchester United. So if they want to progress their career, then they may have to cross those divides. So academically, you accept it. But on a fan level, I don't think there's anything that annoys fans more is when you see them in the other colours. Mm. And that's my piece. <laughs> that's your piece. A good piece too. <laughs> yeah. uh, Emma. She said it. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Told you I thought. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's it's like though, like with West Ham, like you know, you've got a player like Kate Longhurst. Like, could you ever envisage her going to another club? Not, like she's West Ham. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's you know, you do feel like there are players that do offer that allegiance to the club. Um, and and when you know a, a player does go to a rival club, then you know fair enough if that's what they want to do. I mean, I think we're all a bit miffed when, when Abby McManus went, but uh, Antony as well. You know, there are players that had been with us a long time, but you know, to be fair, I mean, Tuna's doing really well at, at United. You know, she's playing a lot of games for United now, whereas in in the City squad, she she really wasn't playing all that many minutes so you know I can understand the move um from that point of view there's two players that you know resonate with the red side of Manchester so let them go <laughs> if we were go. I don't want to be the club that bridges the gap between whatever you know rival club you know um obviously we've got Greenwood from United uh well via Leon um, and I feel she's really cemented herself as a within the team as well, and been really pleased actually, especially with her over the last few games. I try not to to think, oh yeah, she was a United <laughs> player. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I get over it quite quickly. Um, I just, for me, don't like seeing players really going to Leon. Have a summer without any players going to Leon. I'll be dead joff to be fair. Oh, gosh, I can imagine. Listen, I, both of the answers for me are on the money. Very small pool of teams that players can go to. This is this is why, in a sense, you know, the importance of growing the game. If you had a bigger, if you had a bigger pool in terms of the Women's Super League, then it wouldn't seem like players when they leave only go to certain clubs to progress their career. Because then the, the more teams you have in a league, Obviously, the better those players will become because of the competition and the prestige within the competition. And therefore, club players will feel more accustomed to, like, oh, well, this club is within the WSL. I still will be able to play top level football and still be able to be seen in a high profile way, whether it's social media, mainstream media, um, international football, etc. So there is that. I understood Craig's question and I just thought it, it was really funny seeing some of the some of the players moving on within, for me, within a short period of time. And I didn't see it as a bad thing. I, I thought it's, it was quite refreshing to see players that weren't getting game time, that didn't feel possibly, I don't know if this is true, that they were part of the plans of the manager of the club that they were currently at. And they thought, no, it's time for me to go. I want to play football. And, you know, I get it. You know, it's, it, it's for me a very refreshing outlook to have when you have in the the Premier League or any football below the Premier League that players that stay at clubs forever and a day just collecting a wage and you never see him play I can say Phil Jones <laughs> Phil Jones. Start. people are like, like what is he still like yeah he's still is there. he yeah he's still <laughs> there. That, it? yeah I mean so when you like people go oh I can never have him you got no 
if they want to play football, play, you're only young for a certain period of time. That's it. When everyone says, oh, you're playing career goals, career career. If, you want, if you don't want to sit on the bench and you want to play football, I will support your move. I don't care where you go. You want to play? Fine, play football. Yeah. That's it. Like, obviously, we've seen earlier this week that, you know, Jill Scott has, has gone on loan to Everton. Exactly. Yeah. She wants minutes, and respectfully, it's something the fans can get behind because we know that she's she's not getting the game time that she wants. Um, yeah. Obviously, shock move. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say, but can I ask you as a Man City fan? Because I don't know if this is just me being a hard cockney and just not understanding it. Do you think Jill's coming back? Because the outpouring of grief I saw from Man City fans. <laughs> it was like Mate, end of days. I thought something had happened to her. Like, or she would retired or something. Because the outpouring of grief that I saw Jill, from Man City fans. Basically back. being like, you look after her, you treat her well. Oh, thank you so much. Just like, it's like, it's I was like someone like, taking their child to the airport. Oh, yeah. six months. Exactly. I was like, did she die? Did she get injured? Like, what happened? She's only going to what? She's going <laughs> on the M62, mate. Like, it's not. Exactly. I think, to be fair, I think that just sort of reflects on how well loved she is within the club. Yeah, hopefully she'll come back. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange one because, like, I was just talking about Kate then. I think yeah. Jill is part of the furniture. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's she's just one of those players that, you know, will definitely be missed, not just for the for her quality on the pitch, but you know, for her personality and, and everything she brings to the team off the pitch as well. So, you know, she's a big personality and <laughs> I think it was dead funny the other day when uh, Steph they asked her about um, Steph and you know is it a bit quieter with uh, without Jill Scott in the changing room? <laughs> she said no, but it's a bit tidy. Messy, messy. That's good. Right, <laughs> players moving from city to city, obviously down the road. Food parcels to be delivered. Obviously, <laughs> uh, transfer news. Let's go through this really quickly. Things that jumped out for me, um, obviously. Abby McManus moved away from the red side of Manchester, once a blue, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, to North London. Uh, for me, Spurs grab a centre-back. Yeah. Um, questions that, you know, obviously for me, how will this help Spurs? I think it will definitely mm, help them yeah. because it, they've got a, a, a defender that they can rely on who wants to play football. And it poses another question. Um, will this end up being a long-term deal people everyone's saying it's a loan but I don't know if it will be I'll come back I'm going to come back to you with that one I'll just quickly run run through <laughs> the transfers that jumped out um, um a lot of obvious um, leaves Manchester United or left Manchester United I actually thought she'd left last summer to be fair so there you go so that one caught me off guard um Birmingham City signed uh, Rusha Littlejohn um player with um quite a bit of experience so Birmingham getting people in um, and Third then obviously, three in eighteen months. Well, Russia. yeah. Well, you know, like you say, it's a small, small, small yeah. band of clubs. People move around, so she wants to play. I get it. Um, Manchester United um, getting a player from Chelsea. Um, I can't think of that. Oh, Maria Thoris Dotti. I can't. Even, if I pronounce that, I'm, I'm going to say Maria. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to, apologies, Maria, I'm not even going to try and pronounce your name until you speak to me and tell me this is how it's said. Uh, so she's going to Manchester. Everyone seems happy. She's had a number of injuries, um, obviously not being able to get into the Chelsea team, um, you know, and yeah, yeah, kind of like a 24 hours, 48 hours worth of movement for players. Obviously, Angel Scott was going to Everton. <laughs> um the one, the, as I say, the one that stood out for me was the Abbey McManus to Spurs. I'm very surprised. Very surprised to see that even go for as a long deal. And I'm not thinking, um, has she fallen out of favour? Will this be a long-term deal come July? What do you think, Emma? Um, I think it would be good business of Tottenham if they managed to get that deal done and make it a permanent deal. Um, you know, they've been quite uh, savvy on the old business front, Tottenham, aren't they? And, yeah. you know, uh, those loan deals and making them permanent. So, yeah, I I think under, you know, Skinner, it's it's potentially, you know, uh, you know, Tottenham are showing that intent and, uh, you know, building quite a good, strong squad and, and really... Uh, you know, getting in, you know, well-known sort of quality names to to kind of bolster the squad, I think. And, um, yeah, they'll, they'll look pretty good if if they can, you know, build and continue on that for the rest of the season. I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll do really well, Tottenham. Yeah, and it will, it will potentially be attractive for Abby, I think. Yeah, it will be. Any, any comments on that one, Ali? I know um, it's Spurs, but, you know, you might have something nice to say. Am I surprised that Abby left? Man United for a, on a loan? No, because she's not getting game time. I can't mm-hmm. remember the last time she was a starter for them because they've got the, uh, the she's got the tur- they've got the Turner twins as they're known, and it's just trying to get break through them is just not going to happen. Um, am I surprised it's Tottenham? Maybe I thought maybe she'd go to a Birmingham, a Reading, or something like that. But if it's to get game time, then fair play because she's a world class defender and. Yeah, she's got an international career to think of as well. You know, you've got youngsters coming for a spot. She needs to prove she's still got it. And so what better way to do it is to get regular game time for another club. So, yeah, so I I did see it coming. I didn't see it with Spurs, though. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think uh, Rianne Skinner, I think she's got the dark arts down already. (laughs) Seriously, because the players that they've actually turned from Londine deals to permanent and then to pull off this... Like Abby McManus, she's what, 26, 27, England centre back. You know, she's going to play, you know, stiffen up that defence. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think people will be talking a lot about Spurs next season. They will be looking at them and thinking they're, they're putting together a really serious outfit that will want to be not just hovering in mid table, but actually pushing themselves towards. Top five, definitely, where they, they're actually kind of rubbing shoulders and everyone's going, oh, there's more people here than before. I'm sure Ali's really thrilled to hear that. I'm sorry, that. Ali. <laughs> 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 but but, but I'll, say, I'll say this to you, Ali. When I look at the, the Spurs recruitment, because it was a shock when they got rid of Karen and one, yeah. they bring in Rianne, and then you guys get rid of Matt and you bring in Ollie. I'm looking at the two and thinking, okay, Who's gonna Who's gonna get more out of the team? Who's gonna come out on top? Yeah, I'm looking at that already, and just from the movement, the, the 
to, to turn those loan deals of those international players to permanent longer deals and then to bring in another defender, England international, I'm looking, I'm thinking, you're making moves. You're not, you're just not, you haven't just gone there and thought, I'll wait until next year. You're already putting down the marker. So if you get to summer and then they've got more players coming in that they she's identified, next season Spurs will be looking very, very different. Very different. No, 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 I agree. The only thing I will say is that it wasn't very hard to tempt Alana Kennedy over because she was playing for Orlando Pride and it seems nobody wants to play for Orlando Pride. (laughs) (laughs) Fair fair point, fair point. I almost (laughs) forgot, before we get on to the last section, I almost forgot Aston Villa, um, they brought in an international player of of well-known rebuke, Iwabuchi. I mean, she's a player that could have gone anywhere. I know. I got a bit worried, you know, <laughs> when, when we were playing him the other week and she came on at half time. I was like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But she's quality, though. Like, if you yeah. saw her play this weekend, she's absolutely quality. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, obviously, having, you know, watched her in the World Cup and hey. knowing the quality of type of player that she is, I was like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. The, the, you know, she could be everything that, you know, Miller needed to come, you know, <laughs> find a way back in the game because she can just produce, yeah. you know, some out of nothing, quality, quality balls. You know, she's she's really like a forward-minded player and, I, I, you know, she's a, a joy to watch. And I think, obviously, that's shown in the game against Reading at the weekend. Really. Yeah, I, I'm sure that they better have her on a long-term deal <laughs> because if they don't, clubs will be sniffing around. Definitely one to watch for the rest yeah, of this. Definitely, definitely. Shall we talk about res- um, fixtures, the ones that did take place? <laughs> uh, Aston Villa and Reading, obviously, Iwabuchi. What a start for her uh, and her manager or managers. Not sure which one. <laughs> <laughs> they will no doubt be pleased. Uh, they, they score um, in a really good game. The yellow ball came out with the snow. <laughs> it didn't. That was the problem. Oh, thank you. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> it didn't. That was the problem. That's I couldn't see anything. That's another job you should get me to do. I can clear the lines on that pitch. During the game. During the game, I'm like, come on. Quick, quick. <laughs> Waving at the camera. Quick, quick. I don't understand that. The conditions got so bad. And oh, my God. It, was it kind like of a... felt really, um, you know, bad for Maloney because she. it was a real... You couldn't see a thing. I, 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 honestly, it was like a spot the ball coupon from years ago. <laughs> and I was like thinking, where's the ball? Where? I, oh, and the, the ball was at the other... Oh, like they've got, and I, oh my days. Wow. Anyway, 2-2 uh, for them. Uh, Reading will be really upset mm. that they didn't actually take all three points. And but you know, well played to to Aston Villa for getting the the, the draw. And uh, Iwabuchi goal on your debut, or not goal, not debut, but home debut, but also goal or assist, should I say, in the dying yeah. moments. I mean, that those those are what you called your World Cup moments when you you buy you bring in a top quality player and they deliver, and everyone just goes. We would have lost that game if you. I'm so impressed, so impressed. Um, um, Manchester United, 
Hey, don't worry, Emma, we'll get to you. Um, <laughs> best or last? Best or last, yeah. Okay, <laughs> Manchester United, obviously, Ali, did you see this game? I, I will say that I was, you know, it was a really good performance um, from Manchester United and a good result from the, the red women of Manchester. It was, though, one thing I want to mention, did you see the tackle on Harris? Because, yeah. Jesus Christ, they reckon she might have cracked a rib. Um, yeah. And I'm like, that takes some doing, because Martha yeah. Harris is sturdy, yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great performance by Man United, but yeah. I am going to probably pick another player as, uh, as my player of the match, which was Hannah Hampton, because yeah, she brilliant. kept you guys at bay for a long time, like all through that first half, and it could have been a lot more against Birmingham if it hadn't been for her. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I look at that, that, that performance... And Manchester United just seemed obviously quicker to the ball, quicker to the second ball, um, slip passing, one-two touch passing, really good, knew what to do. Birmingham kind of did their best, but they were creators of their own doom. They, had, mm. they couldn't control the ball. You know, they couldn't part. The, it's almost like they didn't know who they were. Uh, and they couldn't defend crosses. And, and the first goal, the, apart from the cross coming in, they let, it, they let this golden rule for defenders, don't let the ball bounce. When it comes in from across, don't let it bounce. And once it bounces, it picks up pace, it deviates. And, you know, Leo Gorton, I, I don't even know if she knows what part of the body that she used to put the ball in the back. <laughs> and she literally threw herself in. Uh, so, you know, great for Manchester United. Great persistence. Uh, Gorton obviously doing really, really well, as usual. Um, Tooney played well. Um, but I look, I look at from a Birmingham point of view, and I think you, you've got to be smarter. I know they're young players. I know they're young players, but when they have possession, they have to be a hundred percent sure of finding the player with the ball. They have to have an appreciation of the, their teammates, and they didn't seem to have that. They just, it, and I just thought you can't be in the fight for so long and then give away nonsense at the back because your keeper was I don't know the keeper's performance would have no doubt alerted all of the top teams and any kind of team GB manager or England manager will come in and go we like her you know and then you've all, all, automatically you're going to have someone say we want her from Birmingham and in Birmingham, they'll probably, do you, do you, she almost did too much in the game. You know, as much as she did well, she did almost did too much. Um, Emma, did you have anything to say about the fantastic Manchester United win? Um, <laughs> fantastic is not the word I would use to describe the game, to be fair. Uh, it's not the best uh, I've seen United play, in all honesty. Yeah. I think credit to uh, credit to Birmingham, they do deserve a little bit. You know, first half, I think they, you know, they they tried to, you know, they had a game plan. I think it's a bit difficult for Birmingham to to think about attacking when mm. they've not got much in terms of options at the moment. But, um, you know, if that was a Birmingham last season, that would have been a six 0 game. So I think yeah. you know they would have been really happy with it just being a two 0 To be fair, um. You know, I don't, I think, like you said, I think Leo Golden had a fantastic game. Mm. Uh, so did Tooney. And um, yeah, I, I think you should take a bit of confidence in it, really, because, you know, you know, Tobin Heath has been one of the biggest standout players for United. And it's just shown that, you know, you can still 
you know, create, you're still creative and you've still got creative players within the ranks and you don't really need to depend on Tobin as much as probably what a lot of United fans think, you know, because it like when Casey Stoney said in the middle of the week that, you know, she could be out for a, a while, mm. uh, an almost meltdown, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I think it was, a, a again, another, you know, good performance, but um, not the best of what we've seen from United. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, it's, yeah, it wasn't the best, but you know, two, two nil. I'll take two nil. Yeah, you'll take, you'll take it. You'll take it. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't matter how you get the goals. Like you said, Lee got could have scored it with any single part of a body, but it found the back of the net. Yeah. And that's all that matters. So yeah, that's all that matters. matters. Definitely. I tell you what, we've got the last, the best. <laughs> Brighton won. Manchester City. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, <coughs> sorry, uh, Manchester City seven. Oh, have you got anything to say about that one, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> have you just put me on mute? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was really, really, really pleased with the performance at the weekend. I think coming off of the back of you know, a really difficult midweek, 120 minutes in the freezing, freezing cold in Manchester on Wednesday night. And and obviously going out of the Conte Cups to Chelsea, you know, was a, a bit of a disappointment. So to come back and and, and bounce back with such a, a big, massive result uh, like that was, um, I couldn't have asked any more from them, really. I think um, it was a fantastic performance. I think, you know, statistically, it was a, a really good performance on paper as well. So really pleased with that. Definitely. Did you catch this game, uh, Ali? Did you see the 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 glory that is uh, Manchester City against Brighton? No, I did. Um, uh, two points is the fact that you guys crashing out of the Conti Cup is unfortunate, but I'm not going to lie, some of your players have themselves to blame. But yeah. we've, we've, no, we've covered that, so... I would say deserve win. I'm not even yeah. going to argue with it. We were outdone by quality on the night and we didn't have yeah. enough in it, so it's fine. And yeah, the Brighton game was a cracking game to watch, but I have to ask something. As someone who's been on the other side and has been absolutely battered by a team, is it enjoyable when your team does that? Or do you just feel well, there's not much competition in this league, is there? If we're hammering teams 7-0, because you did it against Bristol, beat them 8-0, 8-1, did it against Aston Villa and you've done it again now against Brighton. Does it get to the point where you're like, want someone to give us a bit of a fight? Yeah. Or do you just take it where you're like, nope, Seven goals does our goal difference good. You know, I think the difference with um, playing Brighton was that we really needed to go out and get a win because, you know, when we played them earlier in uh, the season, September, you know, obviously it was really disappointing just to go with the draw, to be honest. So it it felt as if we needed to to go out and put our performance in and, and get a good result. And it is difficult, you know, when, you know, you, you're basically scoring for fun. And you're not really getting that competitive edge like you know we ha- we've had with Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, and United. So yeah, it it can be quite difficult. Um, but again, you know, we needed to score some goals because <laughs> you know if it does come down to goal difference, you know we've sort of bridged that gap, gap a little bit, and it could prove vital in in the league standings at the end of the day. So. It, it was a pleasing performance. Um, but, yeah, you kind of have to look at Brighton and, yeah, you do kind of feel a bit, a bit sorry for him. 
bit, bit sorry, but at the same time, you know, they've got a seasoned manager who's managed at an international level. She won't be happy with that. She won't be happy with her team. No, and, and you know they've what? Lost. Like I said, I think for City, you know, I think we're a different team now to what we were at the beginning of the season. It's It has took us a while to, to really um, start seeing the, the fruition of the, the performances that, you know, we've been putting in. Um, you know, obviously new manager, new players, you know, we've been rotating the squad, you know, moving players out of positions and, you know, we've, we've done it all this season, I really think. And, you know, it, it was it was it was pleasing to have a really good December, but to carry that momentum into January has been really good to see. Yeah, you know, before we kind of wrap up, because I wanted to leave the Manchester City glow <laughs> to the end. Um, who was your best player for that match? Me. Who was, yeah, who was City's best player? Um. Do you know what the names that the names that always get mentioned are obviously Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp, but for me, Alex Greenwood had a really, really good game, um, and I think she's really showing um, how um, defensively sound she is. That relationship that she's she's got with Steph, it looked pretty solid, um, and I know obviously we were in terms of not tested all that much in from Bristol the press wasn't really high the pressure wasn't really there but so that that we've seen in sort of like the Chelsea game just really impressed that you know we are playing with a bit of confidence on the back and even when we are pressured we are calm and we're still managing to play our game yeah I do you know what I really do like Greenwood I do um sad when she left United but I'm, I'm not someone who got who gets upset when they go to other teams I think you want to like you say, your career's short. You want to play football. And uh, I just wanted to know, I could see all the names listed in terms of goal scorers, <laughs> but I could see, you know, from what what I saw of the game, that she she did really, really well. And you, you need a player to come in and do well for you in, in those areas. Um, one of the things that, that sprung to mind since the start of this year, and obviously with everything that's been happening with the pandemic and and the change of political regime in America, say regime's not the right word, actually. <laughs> that would have been Trump's word, um, the new leadership. Um, and now the, the, the talk of, of travel restrictions for American citizens who, or, or anyone uh, traveling to America, unless they have a, a negative COVID test before they even get on a plane. Uh, for, for individuals like Sam Lewis, probably currently I think injured, a little bit injured, is that is that yeah, right? Not really heard anymore about exactly. That. Yeah, she rolled her ankle in the international. Yeah. yeah, and and obviously the restrictions in terms of travel. Do you think that might kind of impact on 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 her return, and not just her, but the the American players that are away on international duty, and might that have a, a knock on effect to like Manchester City, probably Manchester United? It's hard to really say because I think the information that's available is it's kind of different <laughs> wherever you read it. Because I think Rich Lafferty said that if you know one player is moving from a professional bubble to another, then they don't have to quarantine. I'm not too sure. Oh, I honestly, I, I wouldn't even put much faith in that. <laughs> I don't, yeah I don't I don't this is the thing like I wouldn't even want to speculate on it you know people are wondering when they're going to come back and in all honesty until they're sort of pictured with the team yeah 
I'm not going to make any assumptions as to when I yeah. think I'll be back in the team with back with the team and back training. Don't even know if they're in the country. Don't know if yeah. they've even travelled back. I'm not even going to speculate on it at the moment. You know, quite happy with um, you know how the results have played out without them. Um, I think we've done quite well. I think we've still got real strength in those positions. Um, if they come back, great. If they're fit and available, even better. You know, we've got uh, February is a really tough month for us. So we, we, we want, you know, to have everyone available to us if they're available. But, you know, we've been dealing with mitigating factors for the last four weeks. So who knows? We're just I'm just going to play it by year, I think. Yeah, well, I'm like everyone else. Uh, Ali, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everyone's got to be like thinking, are they here? Are they not here? Uh, Ali, uh, final words from you. Um, West Ham. The joy ne- that is, yep. Yeah, next fixture. Hopefully, fingers crossed, toes crossed, arms crossed. Not in a straitjacket, obviously, but just <laughs> crossed. Uh, <laughs> are you hopeful for three points? Well, it's against Man City, so no. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. look mate we haven't even come close to Man City the times that we've played them Um, I think we've managed to get two goals in five games against them so if be honest I'm hoping that we can be solid enough and nick a point Um, if we play like we did against Chelsea before the break then I think it's definitely doable Um, but then again you're missing your power tower or whatever um, Sam Hughes is called you're missing whatever Tower of Power, whatever she's called. Um, you're, miss, you're missing Jill Scott. Basically, you're missing your height, um, which is what which got us um, last time. So I think Kate Longhurst is going to be very grateful because she was always marking Jill Scott whenever she played. Yeah, basically, like four so Kate. Right, Kara, Kara Walsh is really good at stilt walking. So <laughs> stolen from a local primary school. <laughs> Um, so yeah, would I rather have played them when we were supposed to? Of course I would have done, but I reckon we can nick a point. Okay, well I'll let, I'll let Emma come back on that quickly. <laughs> it's a hard game because I think we don't really know all that, still don't really know all that much about Ollie uh, and what he can obviously bring to West Ham, and you know we've not been able to sort of see sort of his ideas and how he's sort of in impose and influence the team so yeah it'd be, it'd be really inter- a really interesting game I think on Sunday oh do you know what I'm crossing my fingers that the game does take place yeah there is that it does least. take place and the one thing I'm going to say about this I hope that the FA player and those who control the FA player show more than one game please especially when the games have been called off and not just in the WSL, but in the championship as well. Please, is that possible? Thank I'm hoping for better camera angles. Um, we well, were, you know. We, we were watching our Conti Cup game and literally it was like a Sabutio match. Like they had one fixed point and like that was it. And I was like, I know my squad really well. I couldn't tell you who was who. Like I was like, which blonde ponytails just scored? Like it was oh, I'm glad you said awful. That. <laughs> it's true though. It was awful. Oh, there you go. See the hopes. It's all down to fan power. Watch this face. Uh, Emma, I'm going to say thanks for joining today. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Really enjoyed it tonight. Yeah, it's been great. Ali, thank you. Of course. Loved is it. it. Time, is it time for dinner? Almost. It's oh, like... I see. Got in there. <laughs> <laughs> Got in there.
got in there. All right, that's it for this one. Uh, this is the WSL Takeout. We're here for Cuddles. I'm Roger Cyrus, and we'll see you very, very soon. Bye for now. Bye, guys.